Thank you for listening to the If You Market Podcast. I'm your host, Sky Cassidy. Carla Joe Helms is here with us today. Hi, guys. And we'll be talking about customer advocacy with Megan Sullivan. Uh, Megan is the Senior Customer Marketing Manager at BetterCloud. Um, she, she worked in sales for, for many years, then in 2015 transitioned to customer advocacy and has been working in that field uh, ever since. Megan, we're really happy to have you on today to talk about this. Hey, thank you both for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Thanks for that quick introduction. And yeah, for a little bit of background about myself, um, like you said, being in sales and really being on the field and working with the customers directly was a passion of mine. And I love working directly with those customers. Um, But when I approached customer marketing and really selling the story rather than directly selling a product or service, became the newest passion of mine. And how can I use the customer and help them to tell their story to help the organizations that I work at sell our products and services? It's just that. It's using the customer story and the word of mouth of the customer to share their success. And then in lieu of that, sharing the success of the organizations that I support and and work at. That's great. I think you're in a very hot field with all the MarTech stuff out there, there seems to be a big backlash um, against this kind of automated uh, systems. Mm-hmm. I think email marketing may have, might have kicked it off, but um, a well-deserved backlash back to the customer and serving the customer and interaction with the customer. And, and then having things, you know, customer, um, uh, customer testimonials and stuff has only become more and more important as people I think it's kind of stopped trusting a lot of what marketing is doing because of all the automation. Right. There are studies out there that tell us that the customer has almost, they're almost at 75 to 85% of the way there of making their decision, whether or not they're going to buy, you know, our products or services or your products or services before they even speak to that salesperson. So I think it's important to get the message out there that, what the customers are saying about your organization, not just, you know, LinkedIn ads or, you know, just, just like you said, uh, email marketing campaigns, using the customer's story to market for you. So whether that's, and, and that all comes to customer advocacy. So your advocates and your champions at your organization, let them tell the story for you rather than just using ads or just using targeted email marketing. I'm not saying all of that should go away and customer marketing can be a part of that, but using the word of your current customers and uh, taking what they have to say about your organization and putting that in the forefront, because when the customers are 75, 85% there already deciding whether or not they're going to buy your product, that rest of the percentage that needs to be filled out can be done by customers trusting their peers. It's interesting that you say that because um, the latest statistic that I had, um, and you might have a later statistic, was they were 56%, especially B2B, they were 56% through the buying cycle Mm -hmm. before they contact you. 70 to 80, 75 to 80, or 70 to, I can't talk today. Can you edit that out? (laughs) Sure, (laughs) we'll edit that out. 75 to 80% seems to me really high. Now I know in our sales process, I don't, I don't think everybody's that at that. There are some definitely that uh, they are there, but I think moreover, they, they've definitely tipped over the 50% mark, but, Mm -hmm. um, and I agree with you, you really 
shouldn't cut out all the other successful actions they lead up to it. But where do you, and I will say, I will add, this is as an aside, you are the second or third podcast host, I mean, a um, guest that we've had that was in sales first before they went to marketing, which I think is kick-ass. Yeah. Um, I feel like 75% of them that we've had have been in sales first. Really? Well, anyway. It's, it's come up a lot in the past. Yeah. People say, I had a really unique path to marketing. I started in sales. Yeah. yeah. That's, a, <laughs> that's everybody's unique path, which is no, great. It's a great it, path. Right? Yeah. Um, but you know, you have these other things that do generate interest, right? right. And, you know, it's, it takes multiple times. You've got PR, you've got email marketing, you've got this, you've got that, blah, 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 blah. When does customer advocacy come in to the, the prospective sales line? Where does that typically fit in to push this over? Is it when the prospect reaches in, they become a lead or you know, and to tip the scale over. Like, I think, yeah. yeah. So you can actually see it come in in many phases. And that's why it's, it's really important to have customer marketing, customer advocacy be a part, in my opinion, be a part of the pre-sales process because once a set, you can use it in outbound marketing, um, you know, before, you, before you have a qualified lead come in, you can use this in, in the, your, your SDR, your ADR could use customer stories in their email marketing campaigns, in their cold outreach. Um, you see them in TV to, commercials all the time. Yeah. Yeah. As opposed to just putting statistics or, um, you know, this is what our product does and this is how it can solve for you. Swap that out. This is what a current customer is doing and how they solve a problem similar to yours. Mm -hmm. you know, what XYZ company is doing in your industry. They're a thought leader. You can be just like them, you know, contact me to learn more kind of thing. Um, I think right you now, know, that's like, so it goes along with, um, you know, if you know sales, right, what do you do in a sales process is you tell a story. Usually right. the story is a client story, right? Something that happened, problem, mm -hmm. how you solved it, blah, blah, blah. Um, which sales marketing should mirror sales. So um, yeah, there's probably many touch points that you could yeah, use. Exactly. So, yeah, exactly. It's so right Megan, away in the pre-sales process all the way until post-sales when you're trying to upsell and uh, close that renewal deal. You know, using the customer's story and the customer's success on how they solve the problem, not just how your organization solves that problem. Right. So I, I see two reasons here kind of, I mean, I'm sure there's more than two reasons, but two big reasons for using customer testimonials, um, references, that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. um, one, it helps build trust. I, I right. would imagine that's a big reason for it. And then also, um, I don't know if I have the right word here, but empathy kind of, or what is it? You're, you're seeing, oh, this person is just like me and they, and they did yes. this to solve this problem. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's just those two things. It's, it's the trust and it's empathy as well as there could be a competitive nature behind it, right? Um, oh, we funny. all want to be thought leaders in our space. We want to be innovators. We want to be first movers. Um, and we also, if we see our competition, especially you can see this in the financial services industry, um, if we see our competition better protecting their data, better understanding their data, these are just, you know, data examples. But um, if we see our competitor doing something and making it and being successful or providing success to their customers, we might want to do the same thing and we might want to be highlighted and spotlighted as a thought leader as well. Yeah. 
we did a campaign one time where we basically sent out to people and saying, Hey, your competitor XYZ is, is doing this, is using us for this. Shouldn't you be also like, yeah, yeah. they're in, they're in this space and you're not, don't you want to yeah, be yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It can be that, that competitive or maybe that itch to, to stay in line with what is going on in the industry. And then it also can be, um, you know, even competitors, they're still peers. So, you know, are you having, you know, you could put together a dinner or, or a panel and, and uh, competitors in the same field discussing how they're, they're solving a problem. That's another great form of, of advocacy and um, of customers telling the story um, and building that trust with your prospective customers, with your current customers. Um, it's, it's a great way just to get people talking about a problem and then, then you slide in how your organization solves for it. I'm seeing a campaign that says nine out of 10 of the top people in your field are solving this problem with this solution. Right. And then there's you. Call us. Yep. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> it's like you're are... the only one not um, solving it this way. That's a perfect tweet. <laughs> <laughs> That's going out after this. Yeah. Um, okay. I want to jump back here, Megan, to, um, to you and kind of your story and how you got where you're at a little bit. Can you tell us a, a little bit about yourself? Like, like you said, at a very short intro there for you. Can you tell the audience a little more? about Megan Sullivan and where she yeah, came from, sure. how you ended so, up in this space. Yeah. So I've always had, um, I've always worked in the, t the technology field. Um, I just believe that right out of school, it was, you know, I want to be an innovator and a thought leader too. So I wanted to be in an industry where, um, where this, this innovation and this forward moving thinking is happening. And I, I fell into a position in sales operations. So this is, the backbone of, of sales, you, you could say, you know, forecasting, pipeline, making sure day-to-day -day tasks are getting done. And that's where I saw, got excited about sales and being in sales. And we're helping customers solve problems and uh, we're helping customers help their customers. The traditional and, customer interaction and, yeah, and the, helping exactly. the customer part. Yeah. And, and to be in, and, and, and also to be candid with you, a sales position you know, in a, at a young age is an, an amazing opportunity to learn skills, professional skills that can help you in any field. Totally. totally. Yeah. So, you know, I would promote yep. that to anyone listening out there. If you feel as though you, you want to get into a role that can help you build yourself professionally, sales is an amazing opportunity to do that. And yeah. learn to sell. You'll have a better exactly. life. Yeah. Um, I got it. You know, I really loved working with the customer day to day, um, discovering and researching their problems and coming up with solutions and tying in my technical team, um, building out marketing campaigns and driving people to events. And I got to thinking, you know, wow, you know, my, our marketing organization does so much for our sales organization to enable us to sell, to close those deals. Um, and in every single facet of my sales life, I use some piece of marketing, but, um, I, I keep hearing all these great customer stories. You know, they, they, they say, Megan, we're so excited about how you helped us do this and do that. Um, you know, we were able to save X, Y, Z dollars or X, Y, Z hours. And I thought, wow, these stories are great. I'm going to use them in all my sales campaigns. And that kind of transitioned into an open role at, at the, the company Cloudera where I was a salesperson and it was just a great opportunity where the role was open and I met with every marketing person I could at Cloudera to say, you know, would this make sense for me? 
Um, this is where I see myself going. Uh, this is where I think I can make the most impact uh, on continuing to develop that relationship with the customer, but in a different way. Um, and I, I, you know, started this customer marketing, customer advocacy position where we were doing just that. We were still working with the customer day to day. We're learning their story. Um, and in lieu of, in, in lieu of, um, in learning their story, we were then using that story as marketing material. Um, so we're, you're in the, at the end of the day, you're still helping to sell, you're enabling the salespeople, but you're just doing it by telling the customer story instead of telling Cloudera's story or telling better cloud story. Yeah, uh, it's right. really, really it's great. Really great. I, um, I always say uh, PR marketing and sales is all one part of an intelligent promotion cycle. Um, it's, you know, too often they get siloed from each other. Right. Really, it's all down to the, the one thing that we're trying yes. to do is generate leads and income and sales for the organization. Exactly. Right? And, yeah. and here, and here at Better Cloud, and and I, and this was the same at Cloudera and Sunday Sky before this. Those are the three organizations I've been in the in the past three positions I've had, all in customer marketing and advocacy. Have I you worked at any companies that don't have to do with the atmosphere? You have Sunday Sky, Cloudera, <laughs> Better Cloud. <laughs> That's the, the IT industry. I mean. At, I was at NetApp first, which is, okay, that works. It doesn't, <laughs> it, I will say all of my logos have been blue, which is another interesting <laughs> thing to think about. Um, but in the tech, you know, in the cloud world, in, in, in technology, um, in my last three companies have been, you know, an emphasis on software and cloud and, and the cloud. Um, they all, you know, that were, the names are very interesting. Um, and a lot of them slide in the cloud, you know, the atmosphere, the, you know, what's going on up there in the world we don't fully understand yet. <laughs> yep, yep. Can you tell us a little bit about um, about Better Cloud, where you're at now, kind of what they do there and then what your daily role is? Yeah, so Better Cloud, like I said, um, is a, Better Cloud is a SaaS management and security organization um, that, that customizes to your business. So right now, if you think about your company, you have many applications that you're using out there, tools. Uh, are you using Okta? Are you using Salesforce? Are you using Slack or Zoom within your organization? Um, you've got so many SaaS applications out there. Um, and, but how do, we, how do we manage all of those? Um, and how do we secure the data amongst all of those different applications that are being used all over the organization? And Better Cloud secures all the interactions between the users at your, your, your organization across the digital workplace. We, we secure those interactions and we help to manage them. Um, and it really impacts the day-to-day -day life of your IT manager, of your, you know, of your security team, of, you know, of your, those systems administrators and, and allows them to stop just keeping the lights on and allows them to innovate. That's Focus on doing company again. Yeah. Tell uh, us again. Better cloud. Better Cloud. One okay. word. And we'll uh, we'll put um, a link to, to Better Cloud on the in the show notes here yeah. as well. Excellent. I want yeah. to get back to one other thing before the break. I've got a note here, something that was bouncing around in my head. When you talk about customer advocacy and using customer stories, it seems like there's two ways to do that. And I want to see if, if you fall down in either of these camps. Um, maybe I'll pose this question and then we'll come back after the break uh, so you have a minute to think about it. But I see customer stories that appear to be real customer stories. And sometimes mm -hmm. they even say, this is a real story. And they say it because there's a lot of customer stories where 
this is a made up story around a persona. So they say, here's the persona of our target audience. We're going to make up a story about, you know, here's Judy and she went and did this and this happened and that happened and, and whatnot. And then you have your actual customer. Hey, XYZ customer did this and had these benefits. Um, after the break, think about it a little bit, but after the break, I'd like you to address those kind of two different types of stories. And if there's more than that, you know way more about this stuff than I do. Maybe there's more types of stories. And uh, let me know where you come down on those, those two types of stories, if, if you prefer one over the other, um, all that kind of good stuff. So right. we're going to jump to break. Um, we've been speaking here with Megan Sullivan of Better Cloud. She is in the uh, customer advocacy space over there. By the end of this podcast, I'll be able to say that word. It's a tough word. That's why we like to say customer marketing instead. <laughs> customer marketing space. And uh, we'll be back in just a minute. Sounds good. Sales Loft is the leading sales engagement platform, helping sales organizations to deliver a better sales experience for their customers. More than 2,000 customers use the company's category-leading sales engagement platform to engage in more relevant, authentic, and sincere ways including Square, MuleSoft, WeWork, and Dell. For more information on SalesLoft and how to deliver a better sales experience, visit salesloft.com. Welcome back. You're listening to the Ippy Market Podcast. I'm your host, Sky Cassidy. Today we have Megan Sullivan with us from BetterCloud, also our lovely co-host, Carla Jo Helms, and we're talking Hi, about guys. customer advocacy, or I think, Megan, you said it was a lot easier to pronounce. We say customer marketing. Yeah, um, there you go. People probably enjoy hearing me stumble through words, so I'll try to keep saying that advocacy. It word. is across all industries. Yeah. Advocacy is a hard word to say. It is, really I've, is. Having that be my role and having to say that word all the time, it is it like, that's advocate, why we advocate. advocate, 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 advocate. advocate. Can you get cool with it? Yeah. Just call it like customer advo or something like that. Yeah, yeah, so that's, right? that's how you transition it to customer marketing. And I think that's honestly becoming the, the accepted term now. I think customer marketing equals customer advocacy, customer enablement. I think we're just going to use you need customer to coin something. Like, and you got to coin like a Brangelina term for it. MarTech yes. has MarTech. They don't say marketing technology. You got to oh, go no. like cust advo or something like that. We'll work on it. We'll work, work on, on it. it. Work on it. <laughs> okay. Before the break, I asked you about what I saw as the two different types of stories, basically the made up story and then the actual customer story. Can you give me your thoughts on that? Yeah. So to be honest, there's, there are, those two stories are very interesting because those two types of stories, you can use them in two types of different ways. So the story in which we're using an example of a type of customer and an example of a story that is really useful in both prospecting and post-sales where you're saying, here's a use case and here's an ideal customer that fits into that use case. And this is a solution. That's a good way to market to customers, to try and educate customers on possible ways to solve for their challenges. That's and the hypothetical can, customer. Yeah, the right? hypothetical customer. That can have an impact. It helps customers understand a high, at a high level um, this is a customer that has a problem and this is the use case in which this organization solves for it. It can right. be very impactful. It could be good for, you know, mass email communication. It could be good for trying to educate somebody on how to use a product or service, whether they're a customer or whether they're a prospect. So that's um, a, this is Steve. Steve stayed up late binging Game of Thrones last night Yeah, and he went to Starbucks and now he feels great. Yes. And, and that, that can be impactful. And I see it, I see it being used um, as a, 
this is the ideal customer in your industry and this is their challenge and solution and how to solve for it. And, and it can be useful, but imagine if inside of that messaging, you said, this is, an, this is a customer that you know of and here is their logo and here was their problem and this is how they solved for it. Just think about the additional impact that could have, I right? You get the extra kind of social proof. It's an actual yes. reference, real person. And I feel like, I don't know, maybe you tell me, but I feel like people in your space, maybe look at the people making up the personas and the, you know, the made up stories is kind of lazy, not bothering to go find an actual customer and have them represent yeah. it. That, that could be the case. However, sometimes as a marketer, it's hard sometimes to get someone to give you, you know, that approval to be able to use their story. So right? It's oh. so very, very yeah. true. But when you do, man, that, that stuff is gold. You yeah. never mentioned that. We have to get approval? Oh, yes. There's, the, you know, <laughs> oh, yeah. okay. that is so, a, a big part of my day to day is getting tip number one. Tip number people. one, make sure you get approval, right? Uh, yeah. You know what I think, Megan? I think that, um, with this customer advocacy, how did I do? How did I do? Um, I think that really does push it to that 75, 80% that you're talking about. Yeah, that, that's mm -hmm. where, yeah, that's help. What it can help you get that extra, like you said, that social proof um, yeah. or that trust. I, I trust this customer to make the right decision. I mean, I, I trust this, you know, this industry expert to make the right decision and they made the right decision. They made a decision to purchase your product. So I think I trust them maybe a little bit more than I trust you, you know, company that's trying to sell to me. So right. that, that, that can be that, that extra, you know, zing that you need in, in your marketing campaign or your direct, you know, whether you're, it's a marketing campaign or whether you're having a one-on-one -on -one call with a customer and you have, you can, um, you can have a customer, a current customer sit down on that call and be a reference, you know, reference yeah. an, an, another amazing um, way in which you can prove out, the solution to prospective customers or, you know, current customers that you're trying to get to purchase another degree of your product. Yeah. So basically you're saying that the persona stories, those can be used, they're convenient, but the real customer stories just have a lot more value, a lot more impact. Yeah. Right. And the, those persona stories that can be great for education um, because they can be reused and, Used well, across industry. What's a yeah. persona story compared to a, a, a damn case study? Like what? so, a, a, what a, a case study will be this. This is how a customer. This is yeah. how ABC customer. So what's a persona saw. story? So, in in my opinion, there's no, they're not. Oh, and and you can correct me. Jump in if I'm wrong. But my understanding of you know the persona story is sometimes just it could be in a, in a white paper format or in marketing collateral or content. Where it's you're not you're, really like a case study and maybe even anonymous, you think? Well, no, yeah, so I, I was thinking. Is, oh, go ahead. Oh, when I threw that out there, I was thinking of it as, and you see them all the time. We have one I know. We have a video that used to be on our site that's that's like this. You're basically taking somebody saying, "Here's what our customer looks like." Now yeah. let's make up a fictitious person and tell a story about this person's problem uh, and how yeah. how we then you know they came to us and we solved it um, yeah and, and we do similar things we actually just had a, a a really awesome linkedin ad i'll say go out i think it looked amazing and, and the, the creative team did a great job but it was saying it's just a it's a picture of a guy who left the company and he may have taken you know d secure data with him and it's like, oh yeah, I've got one of those guys in my company that you know that left, and we we forgot to close off his 
Gmail account properly and he might have access to it still. And that, that's a great way to educate customers on your solution. Yeah, but it was a data company like, recently that lost a lawsuit because they'd been, they'd stole exactly. data from their previous. Uh, oh yeah, that, that company, company, that company. Yeah. yeah, but if, and we've all got those people. So that's a great first step in education. But to close the deal, you might want that extra, that extra um, support from a current customer because they can solidify and they can prove out um, and they validate. So you can put both. You can use a persona yeah, use and then both. have so that you can tell whatever story you want. You don't have to stick to the customer's exact story. And then you can have the person step in at the end and be like, yeah, me too. Right, exactly. Or, or learn more how this customer did it or this customer, you know, tackled th the issue of this this shady guy who's taking the emails with him when he goes. <laughs> nice. So we had one tip there. We stumbled on one tip, which is, um, you know, make sure you ask for permission from your customers. Right. Um, can we jump back to kind of how to, I guess, I don't know if the first step is asking permission, but you have a bunch of customers ostensibly yes. and you want to activate them. You want to use them for this kind of stuff. How do you start going about doing that? Yeah. So I kind of mentioned before, and I don't know if I made this fully clear, but as a customer marketer, as a customer advocacy professional, I am an extension of the sales organization. And I like to see myself as that way. So my best friends are, our, are your customer success manager or your account executive, that individual that truly owns the relationship with the customer. And you need to be buddies with them because they're going to be the individuals that help you understand, okay, this, these customers are champions. This, is, this customer loves our organization and they want to shout it from the rooftops. So the first step and the first tip is to learn everything you can about your customers from your sales organization, because they're going to be your lifeline to tell you this customer, you know, has a great story to tell. This customer is a thought leader and an innovator and wants to be a, a part of sharing his story, or this customer might want to use this for PR for themselves kind of thing. So you got to be best friends with your sales organization. That is my, that is the top tip because they're going to, you're going to help them by providing marketing collateral, but they're going to help you by providing the customers and bringing them forward. So they're the um, front and line in finding these stories. Exactly. kind of. Yeah. And you, you have to respect the relationships that they have with their customers because they're going to make that intro for you to start talking about co-marketing activities. I like to call them with your customers. Um, they're going to get you in the door to, to, you know, have that first intro email. Hey, this is Megan Sullivan customer advocacy, marketing manager, I want to connect you so that you can do a case study. Um, and, and the second thing is to keep your ear to the ground, once again, being connected to the sales organization to, to customers that like to speak at panels that have a really active LinkedIn or social media account. Um, you really want to be aware of what's happening at, at, with your current customers and, and track that, you know, whether it's in a Google sheet, whether you have a really cool tool, it, it, for example, in Salesforce or in Gainsight, these are all tools that you could use. Um, reference of uh, RO Innovation, all great tools you can use to track your references. You really want to stay on top of this and stay organized because you could have maybe you only have 500 customers, but think about that 500 people to keep track of. Or maybe at BetterCloud, like we have 2,000 customers. That's a lot of customers to keep track of. Humble brag. <laughs> and, and, and climbing. So you really want to keep track of all your customers. Um, and, and, you know, who are the customers that you really want to get case studies from? You know, 
we want to have case studies in every single organization um, in every single industry we want to have customers with great logos and and, and we want to have customers with great stories to tell right ideally yeah. they'd be both the same but sometimes you may have an unheard of company that has a great story yeah um that kind of stuff yeah or maybe they maybe they're they don't pay us that much but they are making an, an incredible social impact that's a, that's a wonderful story to tell that's um i'm going to throw in a tip here for people uh, to activate the sales team when they have to go out of their way for a client that isn't really worth it but it's like oh i'm going to take care of this person even though it's not you know it's it's a waste of our time to get them to give a reference or to give a say, okay, we're going to do this for you, but you know, exactly. this is a, this is a five man company and we're never going to get another sale from them, but we'll, we'll take care of them on this. And then we need them to say something good. We, uh, I've, I've heard our, our sales guys telling our people, our managers, you know, to, to have them say something nice. If they can't pay you money, have them pay you in a reference, have them pay you in a, a post on social media saying how you took care of them, something like that, because that exactly. could be more about That could win you a big deal even though these people, you just, you know, you, you basically uh, spotted them on it. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's important to prioritize your references. Um, and, and this is like an internal, this is an internal thing to think about. You know, you can't do a hundred case studies per year because you just might not have the bandwidth to do that. So it is important to prioritize. I want to make sure I have, you know, a, a big logo that's recognizable. I want to make sure that, you know, we're, we're, putting the spotlight on our customers that we believe will have a big impact on our organization internally, but don't ever forget about all your customers um, and, you know, pulling them into the customer community and every advocate is a great advocate because they, maybe they don't have the biggest logo, but they can influence your product. They can give you great feedback um, and they can also they can grow and they can also help uh, you secure clients of that particular exactly. size. Yeah. You know? So yeah, definitely so, is an income line for, right. for exactly. sure. Yeah. So it's, it's important to keep a prioritization, but it's important to recognize that when, as a customer marketer and as a manager of a, of the, your advocacy community, every advocate is created equal. Mm. Interesting. So I'm hearing that there's a bunch of different levels of, um, you know, of, of this, you have, you mentioned case studies, but then there's also people who just give a reference. There's people who yes. say, yes, you can display your, our logo on your site. There's people who will give you a testimonial to put on the site for salespeople to use. And then you mentioned co-marketing as, as a branch of this, things like speaking at events and, and making videos, making commercials, making all kinds of stuff like that. Yes. Um, using you beyond just telling your story, but actually using the person in their company can you can you dig into that a little bit the, yeah. the, just kind of all the different ways somebody can use a, a customer from very small yeah. up to um you know having a tv commercial with the customer in it right so yeah i like to call them like you mentioned the term co-marketing activities so in my opinion and and i think a bunch of people use that in in the customer marketing customer advocacy world it's all of those activities in which the customer is marketing on your behalf Hmm. Um, and or we're marketing together, right? Co-marketing. So those it makes are them a partner as well, right? Exactly. So those I went are... to a dinner a little while back, and it was you know one of these dinners put on by tech companies. It's starting to be a big thing now, and they would have a couple customers there speaking, doing presentations with them at the dinner. It, it helps them fill time, content. So it's not necessarily a one-sided thing. When you go into the co-marketing, if you have them speak at an event um, that maybe you're speaking at, but you have them come on and speak about their experience. They're getting all the, they're getting exactly. exposure too. 
Yeah, you want to, so before I dive into it, I, I really think it's a, an, a really good point to highlight is what's in it for the customer, because it's not all about you getting marketing material, right? It's what's in it for the customer too. So they're going to be highlighted as a thought leader. You know, we're going to share this on social media. We're going to share your logo. We're going to sh share what you've done to make your company successful, but also your customers successful. So it's also a great networking thing, just like that, right? You, you're going to be at events speaking. You're going to be invited to this executive dinner. You're going to be in the same room as other innovators, just like you. So it's great networking. And then also it's really great for, um, for the HR organization too, because if I see, you know, this company is doing all these amazing things, you know, being an innovator, I want to work there too. So it's great for, you know, HR and attracting talent. So there's a lot that goes that, that could be in it for the customer too, beyond just helping out their vendor. You know what I mean? It, it, it's definitely a two-sided coin. Huh, so it's not just an ask. You can do it once yeah. you get past the, can you give me a blurb to put on the website? And even there, I guess you can say, hey, and then you'll be on our website. Exactly. <laughs> it's well, you branding know, it for your company. It, it is the most basic foundational uh, aspect of public relations. You're building goodwill. You know, exactly. that goodwill transfers over to many different aspects. Just like she's saying, HR, it actually attracts higher quality candidates. It creates goodwill because you're pumping up your client and they feel better. They look well, uh, you know, among their peers. I mean, it, it's like the circle of life. It is. And I speaking of the circle of life, your I, job description, <laughs> circle of yeah, life manager. Yeah. <laughs> I just wrote an article. I think we just put it out um, uh, to somewhere. I didn't know where it went yesterday. And it was about uh, kind of about this is about branding. It was about marketing going wrong and about how to get it back to right. And the conclusion I had at the end was focus on the people. And ultimately if things go wrong, having a strong brand and a strong band brand that's backed by individual people's references, testimonials, that kind of stuff is the only thing that's going to save companies from the potential destructive nature of MarTech and AI and the audience fearing that marketers are getting so good at manipulating them yeah. that they stop exactly. listening. And that's why I like when I talk about customer testimonials and case studies or press releases or social media shares, all these co-marketing co activities, I want to put the, the the human aspect first, the customer first, not just the organization or the logo that they're a part of, but who they are as a, as a person. Isn't that, that, Isn't that why we're in business to do this? Right, right. <laughs> but I think we sometimes get caught up in, oh, this is new big logo and this organization is doing this, but I like to feature the person. So I like to ask when I interview them for a testimonial, I ask them questions about how they're impacting their team. And, you know, how their team works. What, what's your role and what does that mean to Better Cloud? Or what does that mean to, to my organization? Not just, all right, let, let's talk about the results and, and the metrics. Like, I, I want to get into the crux of why you chose to work with our organization and what you see the benefits are as an individual. And, and then I want to feature and highlight you. Um, my thumbnails, I like the, for the thumbnails on video testimonials to be individual's face, not their logo, because there's a human behind all of this. And oh, I, interesting. I one of the most important things in customer advocacy is it's the people, the contacts, the customers, who they are as people. We want to feature them in that. So you really humanize it. I mean, that's the, in, in that write-up, I, I mentioned the, the, um, the brand archetype of kind of a chameleon or, or terminator where, because it's not a human behind it. It's this, it'll take whatever form it wants to take to try to convince you to, to buy its product. 
So you use the person's actual face rather than the brand logo, that kind of stuff. Yeah. You talk I mean, about them the as a human. Right? <laughs> so you, you kind of, you humanize them. You talk more about them than yeah. just here's what yeah. we did for them. It's about exactly. them and, and they're just having them be there. Yeah. And when we're kind of reaching out to somebody to be an advocate or to be a reference, we, we remind them that, that we want, you know, we want to showcase you. Um, we want to connect, you know, in, in the case study and, and join this customer advocacy community because we want to put you in the same room or in the same meetup or on the same panel as people just like you to make you successful. Um, I think that's important um, in, in customer engagement and in customer advocacy across the board, because at the end of the day, these people, this is their job and they want to be successful too. Um, and they want to show their bosses that they're successful. Even if they're the CEO, they have a board that they want to prove something to. Um, so we want to pump them up and show that they're successful and they made these wise financial decisions for their organization. So we want to show that. It yeah. occurred to me that the way you're kind of building them up, it's like you're turning them into a celebrity endorsement. But it's They're a celebrity endorsement of somebody yeah. in their in their field. You're yeah. When you think about saying, the term, yeah, yeah. When you think about the term influencer today, like we think about we think about Instagram and we think about celebrities being influencers. But in the technology world and in the martech space, we have influencers, right? Um, of course, I you know we we talk about them all the time. Where this person is is an influencer in data analytics, and this person is an influencer in um, you know, system security. So we have influencers here in the technology world too. And we want, to, we want to, as customer advocacy people and customer marketers, we want to create more influencers. We want to turn our customers into influencers. Right, and even if they're not a known brand influencer, their face and their company's logo and their experience being, being put out there somewhere is, I mean, that's what the customer advocacy is all, ooh, I said it perfectly, I think, hey. uh, is all about. I'm gonna dub in perfect. Hey, hey. <laughs> pronunciation every time on this that that's what it's about whether they're a known influencer or not the whole point is to influence is to yes. have people see it and say so they may not be a quote-unquote influencer but you're using them for influencing either way right. and the more you can build them up to be an influencer you know invite them to speak at your conference um about their experience you're, yeah you're helping turn them into an actual influencer on the on a wider stage exactly yeah so yeah, exactly. These you're an influencer. You're participating in co-marketing activities, and also throughout this journey, um, we, our customers are just learning more and more about your organization. Um, our customer advocates and and those customers that are doing case studies, we they become ingrained in the customer community at Better Cloud, at Cloudera, at whatever organization you have. And you want to reward these customer advocates beyond just putting their name on the case study. Um, we then, we pull them into the customer community and they, they might get, you know, first pass at a beta program there. We invite them to our product advisory board meetings where they can influence the product pipeline. We, um, we take their feedback extremely seriously. They're the first person to fill out an NPS form and give us feedback because they feel like they're a part of the community and we take that very, very seriously. Once, once you get ingrained into the customer advocacy community at an organization, you're then like an internal influencer too. You know, our product team wants to know what your feature requests are. And 
our sales organization wants to know like, hey, was that webinar good? And is that training work for you? So we continue to enable our customers to become customers for five years, 10 years. You know? I would imagine you could stop by the office and get the coveted uh, hall badge to walk around if, if uh, you're a good enough uh, yeah, exactly. customer right. advocate there. Right, yeah, so we want, exactly. We're getting uh, to the end here. We don't have much time left. I wanna do a semi-speed round of two quick questions. First, video testimonials. What are your thoughts on video testimonials? I think seeing a person talk to you directly in a video is extremely impactful. Um, I think they are a great way to showcase and, and spotlight and highlight customers telling an, a compelling story. And especially these days when maybe we'd rather watch a 30 second video, you can, you can cut those testimonials down to 30 seconds, 60 seconds. We'd rather do that than, than read a PDF. Um, I think that they can have an impact for those individuals um, and they can help you just really hear the story and the passion that current customers have val and that validates your, your product and solution. Awesome. Um, passive versus active testimonials. So doing a great job and getting people to say good things about you is always nice. Any tips on how to get people to actually do that? Yes. So I think a great way to get people to, to give testimonials is to ask for their feedback. You start with good or bad. I set up one-on-one -on -one discussions with customers that are at risk, all the way from at risk to being our champion ideal customer. So you can, customers change over time. So you want to start with asking for feedback and those people that give feedback are the best candidates for case studies and video testimonials. Interesting. You said customers that are at risk, reaching out to them with this purpose versus, you know, trying to save them as a customer. But it seems like they're going to be um, going somewhere else. You're going to lose them as a customer. Might might really help bring them back into the fold. Yeah, and also you can understand why. Hey, why is a customer in this position? Can I learn something from them as well? Oh, it's almost like you're doing a pre-mortem that might save the day. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, last thing, what not to do? Do you have any any uh, kind of be careful, don't do this tips for people. Yeah, I think it's the most important thing to look out for is we like to call it reference or advocacy fatigue. You have great people who want to speak out for you, but don't ask them for too many things. That's Respect their point. wishes too. Yeah, so if they say we don't do this, um, I'm, an, I'm not a big fan of asking for forgiveness later. Do now ask for forgiveness later. I'm a big fan of respecting the customer and what they say they can and cannot do. And um, so if they say they don't participate in press releases, you can push once or twice, but don't over push, um, respect them. And who knows, maybe because you were so respectful, they'll participate in something in the future. And then second, I'll go back to the first point. Don't ask too many times too much because then they might get fatigued and you might lose them as a great advocate because they just have been overworked by you. <laughs> they're really busy. Don't yeah, get them drunk at a convention and uh, make a video testimonial of them. Yes, definitely don't do that. <laughs> you won't get PR approval on that anyway, so it's That's fine. an easy no-go, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, this has been awesome. It flew by so fast, so fast, Megan. Let's see, we'll put more on the show notes uh, for this. Anything else you want to add in here at the, at the very end, Megan? I think just one more thing I'd like to add, and, and just I'm reiterating it from what I said before, is create a customer and advocacy community so that your customers feel like they are a part of the future of your organization. That can be that like the most formal version of it, like where you have a tool and people are, they go in and they log in and they have a user account, 
or just maybe a Slack channel where you're talking all the time and people are sharing their feedback or you're meeting up once a quarter at a, at a happy hour, but create this, a community this, for your customers. This is funny, Megan. This sounds like it was set up. One of our recent guests, um, Mark Organ of uh, Influitive. Um, listen to that episode if you haven't already. He yeah. talks, that, that's what his company does. We talk about yes. the customer-powered company. Very similar topic. You guys are kind of hitting, uh, working with each other um, on, on this similar subject here. And uh, so, yeah, if, if you want more on customer advocacy, uh, go back and listen to that episode. These two really work great hand in hand. It's all about creating those customer uh, customer communities. Um, yeah, excellent. and the Influitive blog is actually one of my favorite customer marketing blogs. So <laughs> That is hilarious. We had no idea you knew who they were before you came on today. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I guess it makes sense. It's a small, yeah, it's a small, uh, it's a small community. World. Yeah. Yep. Small community of people who love their customers, and uh, you guys are working to make it bigger. We love it. Okay, you can find uh, more on this on the show notes. We've been speaking today with Megan Sullivan of Better Cloud, and you've been listening to the If You Market podcast. Please share us on social media, subscribe to us on iTunes, share us with your friends, all that kind of good stuff. Give us good reviews. It really helps get the word out. And uh, on behalf of Carla Joe Helms and the If You Market team and Megan Sullivan of Better Cloud, thank you for listening. And uh, I almost forgot. I want to say it. Okay, Carla Joe. If you market the shit out of it with customer advocacy, they will come. Fantastic. I couldn't have said I couldn't have pronounced advocacy, so you nailed it. <laughs> Thank you, Megan. It's been fantastic. Thanks, Thanks so much, Megan. guys. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.